All right, we're going to start. We are starting recording. We're good to go. We're, we're live. Go. We're on the air. It'll be a lot easier to fix these these sound levels when it's just you and me. So oh, anyone listening so to the podcast easy. who is a fan of uh, Katie, I apologize, but she's not going to be featured in this one. We snuffed her. We sn- she, snuffed? Is that not <laughs> no, a word? No, you're right, but like... Uh. <laughs> it just sounded, a, a, lot more, it just sounded a lot more dirty after we like, it did, didn't it? Just for forewarning, me, me and Freddie just watched Mission Impossible Fallout, and we're quite a few drinks already in. <laughs> we snuffed the and, shit out of it. And right. at 11:42 p.m., the word "snuff" just sounds a lot more dirty than it should. It was consensual snuffing. <laughs> Two of us consensually I, snuffed her. I did not have, I did not have sexual snuffing with that lady. <laughs> Oh, man. Oh. Fire. On fucking fire from the beginning. Oh, man. Good times. Good times. It's so, good to be back. Uh, I know. We didn't get to last week. Yeah. We just watched Mission Impossible Fallout. Some mm. good spy shit. Dude. Some, man, I, I showed up over here. Tyler had me some steaks going. Some steaks. It wasn't for me, but they had some extra, no, we, so I had some. So you had to smell had a some bit. good old steaks, and, and Mookie Pookie Artichuki was on the scene again. I know, I feel Snoring like Mookie, and shit. I feel like Mookie's got to be a part of this podcast now. At one point, we we're going to have him. Yeah, him. we want to hear his We got to hear his snorts. Yeah, his opinion. Yeah. He's wise. Mission Hugs Impossible him. was good, man. Dude, the twists and turns that fucking movie takes, amazing. Though the Mission Impossibles, really any spy movie has to do this. They got, it's like chess. It's constantly like, here's what we got to do. What are we going to, how yeah, are we going right. to counter that shit? It's like chess, man. I loved it. And Tom Cruise is on fire. Dude, Tom Cruise is fucking killing it. And look, Henry Cavill. He and did what a good we were job. talking about, you know, the thing is, like, yeah, the action set pieces are great, but what sells the movie from being some, like, over the top, because it is crazy. It's absolutely fucking nuts. And that last action set piece where the fucking helicopters are going through the canyons, it gets crazy, right? Oh, yeah. But what, what sells the movie is how great the actors are, how subtle. A lot of the acting so choices many little are. looks. It yeah, was good. it's all in like the eyes. It's in you know, and like I said, Ving Rhames kills it in that, and he has like everyone takes the little parts that they get because there's so many people in it, and they just kill those scenes, and that's Absolutely. what makes the movie not just be some over the top camp. Yeah, you know, you know what I'm noticing though, not a lot of women like this like like those movies. Like Mission Impossible, so Taylor doesn't like them. Taylor didn't like uh, them. Katie was. She said that she only remembered the end, the ending, and then even the second time she was not. Well, here's the like, Katie. Katie care. doesn't even like. Katie doesn't even like superhero films. I get nervous when I'm like bringing her to like a Marvel film because like here's the thing. Or like she doesn't like the Creed movie. She doesn't like the Rocky movie. She's not an action person really. She's yeah. like any cliche yeah. that happens in films, she's gonna pick up on and then shut down. Whereas you and me are like. I noticed the cliche, but I dig it. I cliches like how they pulled this off. For a reason. You know, that's yeah, that's, like, that's, that's a, I yeah, like how they beautiful. pulled this this version off. You know, yeah. and but the moment a cliche happens in a film for Katie, it's just like, all right, now this is movie's not really original. It just shuts her down, it takes her out of the film, really. Yeah. And I uh, wonder what I, I wish we could have like the analytics about, yeah, what like I'm sure it's out there, men, because it's got to be. I think because this was a re- this is the highest rated Mission Impossible film. I think of the entire series. It's, really, it's like a ninety-six on Rotten Tomatoes, something like that. So what? What's crazy to me? So this happened with uh, Wonder Woman as well. Uh, with Wonder Woman, I was kind of annoyed. So when Wonder Woman came out, a lot of women were running to it, and it was like the big thing. They were yeah. like, "Finally, women get an on-screen, uh, 
kind of like a, powerful, a hero. Yeah, yeah like you a, know, they're like, finally we get it. And I was only annoyed because it, it's true, but I was only annoyed because all of those people who were saying that are people who didn't know about Wonder Woman. Hmm. Those who were fans of Wonder Woman from the start were like, yeah. She's like been a kick-ass woman for years. Had it for a long time. Right. She's been the badass bitch for years. You know, like it wasn't right. news to 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 yeah. to me. You know, so to hear them being like, "Finally, we get it," and I recognize what they're trying to say. It's it's now in the mainstream. It's reaching people that didn't reach before. But for me, as a person who has always thought Wonder Woman was a badass mother lover, like I was like, she has always been a kick-ass woman. Yeah. And this Mission Impossible, it's funny to me because I I would feel like women would like the fact that they have a boss-ass bitch Oh, in Rebecca like Ferguson they- kills it. And she did, killed it in the last one. She had more to do in the last one. But, yeah, um, yeah it's a 90. I'm looking it up right now. It's a 97% on Rotten Tomatoes, 359 fresh reviews to 11 rotten reviews. Really? So out of close to 400 people, only 11 people, for whatever reason, didn't like it, whatever it is. Yeah. And you're always going to have that. And um, But to kind of talk about the Katie thing as well, like Katie hated Wonder Woman. Because really, of, oh yeah, she hated it because she doesn't like a lot of the superhero films. The superhero films that she likes are Guardians of the Galaxy, uh, Deadpool, and aspects of like Thor Ragnarok, where basically any time a superhero film doesn't take itself too seriously. Yeah, you know where it can make it can poke fun at itself, and that's why Deadpool works for her. That's why Guardians of the Galaxy works for her because she can enjoy the comedy in it. Whereas, and that's why I think that she still goes to Marvel films. Like, she enjoyed Infinity War, surprisingly. Um, Which is weird because, I mean, it was funny, but it was serious. Yeah, and, but I think, like, I think the comedy at least balances out where it's like, okay, it's serious, yeah. but it's not taking itself seriously. Whereas Wonder Woman and a lot of the DC properties were, like, dark and dreary. And, like, Wonder Woman's a little bit of a break from that. But, like, the DC films were like, this is serious business. and it was, Yeah, for you. You know, and so... With Wonder Woman, though, she hated it for the same reason I hated it. I liked the first two-thirds of Wonder Woman. I did not like the last third. I didn't like the final boss fight. I didn't like the overly... There's something about the CGI that... DC can't get it right, brother. It just takes... I don't know if it's because they're going for such a realistic tone, right? Like, it's such a realistic tone. Yeah. They want this to be like, this is a real world scenario and then the cgi comes in you're like whoa those two don't match whereas marvel it feels mm-hmm. like a comic book it feels lighter it feels like yeah it's set in the real yeah, but world, i also but feel like lighter. just techno technologically it feels like marvel's got their shit on point yeah it just works like their cgi is seamless yeah, like it, it doesn't feel like it, like iron man feels like he's just as much there the hulk feels like he's just as much there thanos. as any of the thanos, thanos feels like, was, like, like he never on. felt like he was a cgi character so they, they got their shit and they Down know their pack, they know their characters, you know? and so Katie, like I said, I didn't really think. T- Here's what I always said about Wonder Woman: if it came out ten years ago, it'd be amazing. But it didn't do anything for me that we haven't already seen the past ten years of superhero films. It didn't change. There was no dynamic change to me. Whereas, like, other Logan than it was that. a female lead, right? Exactly. That's something we don't see. But a take lot. it as like the character arc. Take it as like that's why I think it's an important film, and I'm glad it was made. But to me, as a superhero fan, and not someone who tends to really care too much about the Wonder Woman character, I, I understand why people do. It's just not really my type of character. Um, it just didn't do it. It just felt like the first Iron Man. It felt like if the first yeah. Iron Man came out today, it'd be like, okay. But when it came out 10 years ago, it was it groundbreaking. It. Yeah, yeah, it, it was ground. It. it was like, whoa, you can do this with superhero films and not make them like The Dark Knight. You can make them fun and, and pop culture. Um, 
but not have to, but still take them seriously enough. Yeah. Okay. So we're gonna change. We're gonna change direction a little bit. We're gonna get a little controversial again. Mm. Um. So let me ask you, what do you, what do you think? What do you think about gender roles? Say you, ginger no. or gender roles. <laughs> Out, outside of that, we, outside of that Weasley woman, <laughs> I don't think too highly of them. Fuck those ginger rolls. <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> what do you think about gender roles? In what, what context? Th- so we're in a we're in a time where people talk about things like ta- toxic. I almost said toxic masculinity. <laughs> toxic, toxic masculinity, and people talking about not expecting things from the role of a woman and the role of a man. Do you think there is a role of a woman and a role of a man? Do you think that's okay to think? Do you think well, what's like, hmm. let's, let's fucking start from the bottom and work hmm. our way up. What do you, what do you think about that basic idea? I think in today's day and age, there's definitely that question, something 20 years ago, that question would have seemed ridiculous. And it's funny that in today's day and age, it's something that really is something that we ponder. You know, is there a gender role? Or is there just character roles? I think that there's still yeah. gender roles. Now, I'm not going to be very coherent in my argument as to why, because that's more of a personal belief of mine. I believe that there is still, like, uh, everything I say is going to sound terrible, but I still feel like there are still moments where certain genders can be utilized in a film to balance out certain uh, so I'm arcs? not talking about film. I mean, okay. just in you general. You just mean in general? Just in general. Is this like the I mean, those theory? would apply to films yeah. because obviously if gender roles apply in real life, they film, would apply yeah. to, you know, film is generally talking about relative real life. Um, so I don't, I don't mean in relation to film. I just mean in just period, just in, in, in a day-to-day relationship, okay. the idea of gender roles. No, I don't, I don't necessarily believe in that. I'd like to hear your take on it so I can maybe kind of bounce off of it. But in my mind, really, I mean, if I think of my relationship, there's no such thing that's like a gender role. It's like, I don't know, doing dishes, cleaning something, walking, taking out the dog, anything. It's just like, okay, well, you know, you did this, I did this. Like, we all Yeah, like in, give you know? and take. Yeah, there's no yeah. like, all right. Did you, Speaking of which, did you see SNL yet, uh, these past two days with Jason Momoa? Ah, I haven't seen the full episode. It's fucking great. But the re- reason why the it was reviews so were bad. I enjoyed it because I love Jason Momoa. I'll show you a couple of clips afterwards, but there's one where they they kind of touch on this where uh <laughs> it's a it's a GE commercial and it's like uh it starts out with an old school like 50s black and white commercial. I think I remember this. Yeah, yeah, and, and it's like, honey, how do you keep the house so clean? She's like, a lady never tells and like winks at the camera. And it's like, gee, you know, for the woman in your life or whatever it is. And then it's like, nowadays women are no longer in the house. They're the breadwinners and 50% of households. So we made appliances strictly for the man in the life. And it's like, <laughs> it's like a fucking vault that's his dishwasher. And oh, he's yeah. like, this dishwasher ain't no ordinary dishwasher. It's a 70 pound steel door <laughs> and he's like <laughs> lifting it up it's jason fucking momoa and he like yeah. cranks the vault and he goes i'd like to see a woman do that <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the vacuum is a fucking sit down mower vacuum <laughs> i was like and he was like no woman's gonna be able to use this washer because this bad boy's six feet tall or something like and I was like, oh, my God. Those women need us. <laughs> I was like, so GE marketing an entire product line to men. 
And the funniest thing about it was the comments were like, I'd buy that in a heartbeat. <laughs> All these guys are like, that's a great idea. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, the idea of a gender role, uh, I think it's, it's, it's outdated because there's so many different, uh, it's just not, there's no nuclear family, you know, there's no like ideal family anymore. There's no yeah, like one, different. one paycheck can provide for a family of, of four anymore. Like, I think that was still the case. But you have people who are holding down two minimum wage jobs to try to feed, like, their one kid, you know, yeah. or you have a lot of single yeah. mothers, or you have just a, a lot of poverty-ridden scenarios, or and not even poverty, just, just average people, workers. They're not prospering like they used to. So I, I just feel like the idea, if wages, and this is a whole debate about economics i don't necessarily need to get into but if wages were able to keep up with inflation like they should have then maybe there would still be gender roles it's similar to how in world war uh two we had to kind of cast aside gender roles because we didn't have enough men to work in the factories they said well these women are gonna have to do and then the women were kicking fucking ass in these factories right yeah so like i feel like hard times breaks down the comforts of like gender roles and you can kind of twist it however you want, but economically speaking, we're in hard times for a majority of Americans. So there's no time to have some weird gender pride and some weird gender bullshit because everyone has to kind of provide for themselves in a way here. Yeah. There's a quote that I'm, I'm, tr I'm trying to look up, but I fucking can't find it. Um, there is a quote that... Oh, there, found it. Um... This, this quote is great. It says, a real woman can do it all by herself, but a real man wouldn't let her. That's fucking weird. Why is that weird to you? That's weird to me because that's casting a weird gender role onto, like, a dude that a dude can't be provided for. Like, it's unmanly to let someone provide for you. I don't think, I don't think, so, okay. No, you're, you're, a you're, real, you're, a real you're, dude you're, wouldn't you're, let her. Like, dude. Get rid of your fucking pride for a second and just let let it be like, all right, you got this. I'll cover this. You know it's interesting that you think of it that way because I disagree. I I don't think so. The idea is that. Uh, so, for instance, the simple act of opening a door. I don't open a door because I think someone is incapable of opening a door. I open a door because I view it as sort of my contribution to the appreciation of of said people. It's my my not my civic duty that might be a wrong thing but it, it's 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 my contribution and I so I open a door for someone particularly ladies uh not because I don't think they're strong enough to open a door but because I say yeah you shouldn't have to but Let yeah me open this like, for you in like my it's, case when it comes to that because I, I I it's just an interesting topic there it doesn't matter to me who's behind me I always just hold the door for whatever human beings behind me even if they're 10 steps behind because it's just a polite thing to do. It's not necessarily a gender role thing. So, you know, for me, it's, I don't know, just the way that it's phrased, a real man wouldn't let her. Like, so if I let her, does that make me not a man? Well, so it says, uh, no, I, th I, th I, think it's a, I think that's a valid point that you're saying. I think that, the, so I think there's two sides of the coin. I think that there's, uh, I will. So if I were to have children and mm. one day, I hope that I will have children and I hope that I will have both uh, one sons day, and one daughters. day. I hope you'll have children, too. Absolutely. 
Uh, I want both sons and daughters. Now, when I have sons and daughters, I want to teach my boy to take care of the girl. Sure. I want to teach my boy that hey, if you're gonna if you're gonna go out with her, pay for the meal. Make sure, sure that she's make sure that she's taken care of. Keep her safe. Keep her you know do all these things. But then when I have a daughter, I want to teach her hey, you pay for your own meal. You make sure that you're safe by your That's own will. You don't you don't you don't you don't depend on him for anything. You know. And so there's two sides of this where, like, a man, I think that it's okay to say that a man should protect a woman. Biologically, mm-hmm. there's sure. an obvious uh, there's an obvious sort of... There's an advantage know, there. There's an advantage. <laughs> uh, I think that men are naturally biologically protectors, and that doesn't mean that they're... they're now, this is a generalization, and there are outliers to this, and the outliers do not make you I necessarily... I mean, genetically man, speaking, but, you're absolutely correct. You know yeah. I mean? There's, there's not some controversial point that men generally have much more muscle mass and are... Yeah able to and from hunter gatherer sense we've always kind of been a protector of it's funny because women are generally seen as like the protector of like the children and the men are a protector of the whole family what have you and that's just you know you can you can debate however you want that in a modern setting but that's just genetically how we're wired absolutely you know yeah that's just um, evolution. but i think it's okay so that that quote to me is important because as far as what i believe that a man in theory should be now mind you when i think of this idea of what a man is i don't think that i should apply this to other people i don't think that if there is a woman taking care of a man that i should look at the man and say that you were less of a man because of that i don't think that way but me personally i say that a man should take care of a woman if he can do so a man like i know that you can open the door but i would like to do this for you i know that you have money to pay for meal but i would like to do this for you when I first posted that on my Instagram, it was like, this is my appreciation for you. I think that a woman is, to me, the idea of a woman is romanticized. The idea of a woman is artistic and poetic, and they are this incredible things. Like, we are all born from a woman. The greatest man in the world came from the womb of a woman. That's an exceptional thing. They are such an intricate part of what we do. In, in fucking uh, 300 one of I fucking love that movie. It's it's such a man movie, but I, I love that movie. And there's a moment, the the famous moment where he uh, he says, "This is Sparta," and he kicks. The best part about that is that he looks over to his wife, and she gives him and the nod. she gives him the nod yeah, and says, right, right, right. "Yes, do it." And yeah. then he does it. One of my favorite quotes that people I've had uh, I've had feminists attack this. One of my favorite quotes is, "Behind every strong man is an even stronger woman." Okay, why did they attack it? They attack it because it says behind. They attack it because it says that the woman is behind the man. But they don't get what the fucking quote is saying. Yeah, I mean, you can flip, that. You can flip that easily on ruler, its other. Yeah, if there's one ruler, head. if there's a king, right? The king is the one who leads. It's saying that the behind the king, the one who is the one who is the force, the power for the king, is the woman. Yeah. Well, I, I also th- think like that's crazy that they would attack that because I think you could easily flip that on its other head and say behind every strong woman... You're probably, I'm probably going to get attacked by feminists and be like, no, women can do it by themselves. But I feel like you could flip that quote on its head and, and say behind every strong woman is a, is a strong man. And it doesn't negate the, I don't know, what like what type of competition are we trying to keep where it's like these standings where it's like, no, 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 women are ahead here. No, 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 actually men. Yeah. Are, it's like, dude, like, can't men be behind women and support women and can't women support men? Like, it doesn't make you weaker to be, because like, I'm, I, as a friend, I'm someone who's constantly trying to pick up everybody in my life. If you're in my life and I consider you close and I consider you one of my friends, man or woman, I'm going to do all I can to say, hey, look, 
connect you to people that I think are going to help you progress in your life to, yeah, yeah. to make you aware of certain opportunities that maybe you weren't aware of. I'm always going to try to help people. And so technically, if you were successful in some way, I don't know how major that way is, I was behind you. Does that make me weaker for doing so? No. It just Not makes me all. as my own individual on the path Not of willing all. to help out other people. So to to say behind every man is is a strong woman and have that be a, a, a negative is just complete bullshit. Like, I, I just can't believe people attack you in that way. I agree. Because the stri- so I grew up with a single mom. Okay. My mom was pregnant fifteen, had me sixteen. She made just you know, she made mm-hmm. decisions that weren't the wisest, but that's what her situation was. But you got to see pregnant, the strength. Yeah, pregnant. You know? So I, I had to experience. Now she had a lot to learn. Okay. She made a lot of mistakes growing. She was a young, 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 young mother. Yeah, I couldn't imagine. Um, she still didn't go through her parting phase. And me and her had a lot of falling outs and kind of, we're really close now, but we had a lot of situations where we had to learn what this dynamic is. Because I'm a I'm a, a growing child and she was still a growing woman barely an adult you know yeah, she honestly. was still she was still just I mean, what, getting she had out 16, of 16 so you were what like five like you're cognizant of your parents and she's not even like drinking age yet yeah like you're like yeah. five years old and she just turns 21 you're yeah. like what and so my father left at the age of when i was five yeah wow. and so i had to learn kind of like what what it meant to be I, it was a weird situation i was a young child to a young adult you know um, someone who wasn't ready for a child, but who had to learn how to how to balance that life. But I got to see the strength of a strong, independent black woman. Mm-hmm. You know, not that black is is important to the situation, but well, that, I'm not, I'm that, not, I'm that, not gonna lie. Having spent some time in Charlotte, I got to know because I'm from Maine. You know, it's 99% white. Yeah, and I I I had a couple a good friend of mine, Brandon All, great rapper from Maine. Anyone who wants to go check him out, check out Be All. She's got a huge hit on Spotify. You can have it all. Shout out to y'all. You kill him the game. Uh, but um, when I moved down to Charlotte and I played rugby and all these things, I mean, Charlotte, it's the South. It's, you know, more of that 50-50 split. I don't know the exact ratio, but there's a lot of black people. And I got to know a bunch of people and really see that side of the culture, really see it does, yeah. it does matter to say uh, a single black mother because those people have no odds in society the fact that your mother was able to succeed and raise you in a great way you're an amazing person um everything in the system is designed to make her not succeed and so when you say that she was a single black mother that fucking means something yeah you know something that was so this actually came up recently um and this is important this is important to me this is a very serious podcast. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if it's because we're drinking. Or we're <laughs> I don't boat. know. I don't know what's going on. But this is fucking. This is fucking real. You brought up dread rolls and we started yeah. tearing up over Shit. here. We dived into it. Okay, but uh, gotta keep swimming now. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, this is a very real thing that I've actually like. I've I've fucking battled this for so long and it bothers the shit out of me. Um, so recently, recently, my cousin. Um, I'm not going to say his name. I know we don't have followers, but I'm not going to say his name. But my cousin recently uh, was just apprehended. Um, he had a bullet wound to the knee and the shoulder. Mm-hmm. And he is uh, he is he is suspected on intent to first degree murder. He is suspected on a, a intent to burglarize and menace, whatever, whatever that's considered. And some other things. So some really, really bad shit. And I don't know what the verdict is going to be on that, but 
that's that's recently what happened and um i grew up with him i grew up with him it, it was him and my other cousin they were both brothers and that was the three of us we were the generation that was together on that and uh when we were young we wanted to be fucking scientists we all really? said we wanted to be scientists and we wanted to make the world a better place Damn. and we all grew up in this same situation and then my mom what she did was she really really tried hard to make me not grow up in the ghetto Whereas my two cousins, they still did grow up in the ghetto. So I would spend a lot of time with them. I would go over to their house. They would come over to my house. But my mom kept me away from that. And now my cousin is in that situation where he's going to jail again. And he has beaten women. He has committed crimes. He's burglarized. He's hurt people. He's not a good man. And what I truly and honestly despise is that when people hear how I talk, when they hear how I present myself, when they hear how I articulate myself, when they hear my diction, they use the term whitewashed. Oh, really? And I can't tell you that I laugh at it when it happens, but I can't tell you how fucking insulting the term whitewashed is. Because what that does is suggest that if I am an articulate black person, that somehow you're not black. That yeah, that, that those takes, that they, those, those two can't qualities coexist. they can't coexist. Yeah, only yeah. exist in the white community. Right. That if I speak well, if my diction is proper, yeah. if I have good things to say, if I don't speak like a thug, if I commit myself to to reading and into 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 the scholar side of things, that I would be now more white than I am black. Right. That shit is fucking garbage what's crazy about it is like you look at did you ever watch any of the oj stuff that happened between the documentaries or the people versus oj thing that I happened i didn't really keep okay. up with it um because that was at the front and center of everything and it's crazy to me because and there's so much i could get into that i'm not going to but the whole oj thing was about race relations in los angeles in the 90s and a lot of why oj got uh freed why he was, you know, found not guilty was because of the Rodney King beatings in 92. And people felt like this was payback for Rodney King, right? But what happened is the uh, prosecution had Chris Darden, who was a black lawyer, very intelligent, very well-spoken. And obviously you had um, you had OJ's lawyers, like uh, Johnny Cochran and everyone who was a very uh, rambunctious, very uh, boisterous uh, black lawyer as well but because Chris Darden was black and was intelligent and was against OJ as the prosecution he was viewed as whitewashed and Uncle Tom and all of these things where he was working for the quote unquote white man when he was just a well spoken black dude who was doing his job of persecuting who he thought obviously also he was hired but who he thought had killed two people yeah and to see how the black community shunned him because OJ was this black hero and they viewed him almost as a villain. And it's just insane. It's garbage how what happens in those communities, those communities that have uh, that have a lot of violence, a lot of black on black crime, things like that, is that people who are on the the lower rung, and I say lower rung not because of who they are or their value as a person, I say that because of their decisions. Um their moral status, their moral compass and where it points. Um, people who who romanticize this idea of being a thug, 
romanticize yes this idea of being violent those people will look at people who are trying to get out people who are trying to better the community better themselves and they'll say that you you oh you turn to the white man yeah 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 now you're you're, you're not doing what we, you turn to the white man that's that shit is so upsetting and i know that when people say it to me they mean it as a joke and then most of the time i just let it go but people don't really understand that i truly and honestly take such horrible offense to the term whitewash because you do not do not do not do not marginalize my people by saying that if i am going to articulate myself in a proper way if i'm going to have good diction if i'm not going yeah. to be a thug that now i am being white fuck that shit right. that's not monopolized by the fucking whites that's not how this works right to be an intellectual is something that everyone should as- aspire to regardless of color regardless of situation you should aspire to an intellectual existence that is beyond wherever you started it should constantly be a battle to go uphill and ignorance is not something we should fucking romanticize. Yeah, but a lot in those communities, and this is stereotypically more of, and statistically speaking, more of a black issue, but there are plenty of white people in poverty as well where ignorance is viewed as intelligence. It's looked up to. Yeah. Where you're like, where you look around and you go, well, the only person in this community who has money is my uncle, and he's out selling drugs on the, the side, or he's doing this, or he's doing that. And it's almost like if someone is going to school, if someone is applying themselves or, or really trying to get good, uh, the family out of uh, envy, jealousy, um, insecurity will try to put that down and start being like, are you better than us? Are you better than this? You know, is this not good enough for you? And it's, it's insane. And that's why I love watching movies. That's why I love film. That's why I'm an actor is because yeah. I think you get to experience a lot of these these lives and these scenarios without having to go through them yourself. And so things like fences or things like, uh, I wanted to, this whole conversation, have you seen blind spotting came out in July? I did this not. Year? We'll watch that sometime. That covers a lot of this cause it goes about the, the gentrification of Oakland. And so a lot of Oakland's culture being lost to rich, wealthy white people from the Bay area. Right. And you have two people childhood best friends one of them is is a black man with dreads right and another one is a white dude that um is oakland raised right and the black man is trying to to better himself and get out of this situation that they're in and the white man is almost caught in the in the loop of like thuggery and 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 and, and, the, and the trappings of everything yeah 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 and he talks about and, and they have this amazing conversation in the middle of the film about those roles about how because he's black and he has dreads no one he says no one's misplacing you like everyone knows who you are but this guy is a white man is trying to be this oakland and they view him as as uh because of the gentrification as almost like He's not authentic. Damn. And it's it's this amazing role reversal conversation that we're gonna we'll have to watch blind spotting because it's covering exactly what we're talking about. Yeah. And it, it's fucking brilliant. I had uh I was I was working uh, as a server at a restaurant and I went up to this table and I had this um, my friend had gone to Ghana, and in Ghana I so I'm a people people who don't know I'm a musician, and in Ghana the musicians there. They wear these necklaces, and their necklaces meant for musicians in Ghana. 
but they have the Ghanaian colors, which were uh, green, yellow, and red. It might be red or black. I don't remember which one. But it, it looks very, very similar to Rastafarian colors. So I had this necklace, and I still have the necklace. I don't wear it anymore. But yeah, I it's have red, it. yellow, black, and green. It looks like that's the flag. So I think it was red, yellow, green is okay. what my necklace was. And they were for the Ghanaian colors, and they were meant to symbolize, oh, you're a musician in, in Ghana. Um, and I would wear these, and I was at this restaurant, and this, uh, this older uh, white couple was like, so where are you from? And I said, <laughs> San Diego. <laughs> Kid you not, they looked at me and went, San Diego? Really? really? <laughs> like that's, that's where you like that's where you were born? <laughs> and no, I was I was so confused. They're like, no, for no, a no, second. where'd you come was, before yeah, San Diego? Yeah, I was I was so confused because I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? I like, why do you seem so surprised? And I realized that they and, and then she literally pointed to my necklace and was like, I Did just she? I thought you might have been from like uh, like Jamaica or something. She was and, hoping to hear a sexy accent. Yeah, the, 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 the Jamaican man. Nah, you know, I came here from uh, the, the land down under. That, that's you should have said the accent and then said Kansas. <laughs> yeah, right, Kansas. <laughs> you know, they, they, I come from the great land of Kansas. <laughs> the open plains, man. Yeah, the open plains of Kansas is where I come from. You know, yeah. <laughs> I swear to God, she would have had an aneurysm right there yeah, trying to yeah. figure out what the fuck's happening. Exactly. But she was, it was like, it was a weird moment. So there's a lot of moments that have actually happened in my life where it's like, you know, that the person that is, that is exhibiting whatever signs of ignorance that you're saying, they're not, they're not hate filled. They're not meaning to come off as, as hurtful. They're not meaning anything to be hurtful. They're truly just in an ignorant spot. Right. And so that was a prime example. I had me and my, uh, me and my, uh, my brother, oh, brother, because he's not my actual brother. <laughs> my friend like, named hey, Sean. I had to clarify that. <laughs> I had to clarify uh, well, that. Bro- uh. He's my brother. You know? <laughs> uh, no, but me and, my, me and my buddy named Sean, we were at a, a King Supers in Colorado. And uh, we went in. And let me tell you something. I have stolen something once in my life. Okay? I was about somewhere in between 8 and 10 years old. And I went to this, this liquor store, which in San Diego, liquor stores are convenience stores. That, so they're just corner stores, but they're sure. called liquor stores. Um, where I was in Colorado, a liquor store means only liquor. Um, so I was at a I was at a liquor store, and we walk in, and I have this big puffy jacket. I put a bag of hot Cheetos in my jacket because I'm going to steal these bag of hot Cheetos. We go to the counter, and the lady who is behind the counter, she's a white lady. She looks at me, and as we're paying, me and my cousin, she goes, "Next time, just pay for it." Damn. Now my cousin starts defending me. Because he knows me and he goes, he would never do that. And he starts causing a fucking fit. He starts saying, my cousin would never steal, blah, blah, going on. Meanwhile, I'm sitting there crunching the, <laughs> the bag of hot Cheetos up against my heart, like, oh which is shattering. Your heart's, <laughs> and, your heart's and, beating, crunching the yeah. Cheetos with <laughs> And he's defending my ass. He's defending my ass. She ignores the shit out of him and looks me in the eyes and says, next time, just pay. And she lets me walk out there with that bag of hot Cheetos that she knew that I was stealing. That and you felt like fucking scarred shit, me for life. Yeah, you bet you felt like I shit. give you my honest word that I've never stolen a thing in my life ever since that day. Damn. Never, not once. I would never even dream of it. Damn. Okay. So fast forward and me and Nashawn are in this King Supers and we're walking around the store. We are innocent as fuck. We are in there simply looking to get ourselves some late night munchies. And we are followed 10 feet behind by a cop the whole time fucking time Jesus. 
kid you not, every aisle we went to, he was right behind. And when we stopped, he stopped. When we moved, he moved. He was following us the whole time. Now, I started losing my shit. And Nashawn was trying to keep me in check because he was like, we don't need this. Like, just fucking stay cool. But I was so goddamn mad because we didn't do anything to incite the suspicion we didn't do anything to suggest that we were bad people we didn't do anything to suggest that we were in there to steal some shit we walked in and i assume under the penalty of being black we were followed and it sucks to know that that shit is something that happens yeah like i'm not here to say because i know so one thing i won't do is i will never i will never take the pedestal and say that white people are against black people i'll never say that i got a lot of white people in my life who are blood to me they flow in my blood they flow in my veins as much as any blood could ever could quite a fucking visual yeah i got i got a lot (laughs) a bunch of little white people in here look at them them flying around there but i got a lot of white people who i call family and i and i love them (sighs) like they are family um and so I would never, ever incite this kind of idea that it's white versus black. But fuck, man. Feels when, that you, way when you go into a store and you didn't do shit and you yeah. got someone who was suspicious and on your ass and expecting you to do some bad shit, it sucks. It yeah. sucks that that's a realistic thing. It sucks. It sucks that like three generations ago. We had some fucked up shit happening in this well, country. You know, what's, what's crazy is. Uh, talking about this as well brought up the mind that what 30 years ago in south africa apartheid was still a thing yeah is that fucking nuts only 30 years ago that's not that's one generation ago that fucking apartheid was that that racism on that level segregation on that level still was just happening in a very heavily populated oh, modern yeah. country oh yeah and you you really realize you know what we brought up on the first podcast, I believe. Yeah, it was that the the first ever um, black girl to go to a, a, yeah. a white school. Yeah, she's like sixty three, something yeah, like that. Crazy? It's like fucking nuts. Shit so, was weird. So yeah, I mean, we again to go back to the, the those Charlotte people that I was able to meet and, and know. A lot of them I still keep up with on Facebook. And we were talking about the black community going against some, not the whole black community, but, you know, people in those communities going against other black people, almost trying to better themselves. And it's a beautiful trend that I've started noticing in the past, like, five, ten years. Maybe it's just because I've only recently become aware of it. About now, it's about lifting up uh, other black people. So there's, like, actual, like, days in the nation, but I saw them really celebrating in Charlotte where... You'd go see a black business. Like if you knew a black business owner, you go mm-hmm. support them. Yeah. Um, if you see a news article, if you see someone in your community who's doing good and is black, you know, you raise them up, right? Yeah. And, and promote them and support them. And I think that's really beautiful. And that's why I think like something like Black Panther really just took off. I mean, that sucker broke all sorts of records that people oh, saw. Yeah. Because it was like, look, we got an entire, for the most part, black cast. Mm-hmm. Um and people wanted to support it. It had African culture in it. It didn't shy away from it. They didn't do it. It was just like, here's our movie to celebrate. Yeah. Smart move by Marvel, sure, as a business move. But I think it was a huge moment for the for the community. Well, so P, uh, P. Diddy has this thing. Uh, he has hashtag black excellence. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and he, he Yeah, I've really, seen some of that. That's kind of a little bit what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, and he really loves to spotlight how, like, when, when black people are successful. And that's the thing is that, like, you don't, have to, you don't have to exclude the rest of the world 
to have them understand and appreciate how wonderful some of the black culture is. Right. Like we have a, we as a people have a lot to offer. And the thing is what people have to understand is that every single culture has a lot to offer. Every yeah. single if you're fucking if you're white and there are all sorts of if you're German, if you're if you're from well, that's uh, that's it, the, that's the key right there is that okay for whatever reason whenever you have like a black excellence post or whatever it's trending right yeah there always has to be people generally white people who have to like bring it down in some weird fucking yeah. way like like, yeah. like 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 them being successful is somehow making your life it's a bunch worse of bullshit. and they'll 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 victimize themselves and act like it and then there's that some bullshit thing uh what was that uh Black pride's okay, this pride's okay, but when I say white pride, it's like bad. It's like motherfucker, and someone points this out in that post, to say just white pride is ignorant. You can have Irish pride. You can have German pride, You, and, you know, and that's still not Nazi stuff. That's just German pride. You can have Russian, you can have white pride, but it's specific to the culture, just like how... Um, it's not really said like, eh, I guess it is kind of said like black pride, but it's mostly talking about like, you know, Jamaican pride or like African pride. That's why there's actually a difference between, and people nowadays are really having a big difference between African and African American because their yeah. cultures are different. Yeah. It's not good enough just to say, you know, whatever. And so I think like when people get bent out of shape about like, did you, I don't know personally anyone who gets bent out of shape by saying I can't say white pride, but I have seen like those memes or whatever trending. And I'm like, if I ever meet a motherfucker who gets bent out of shape like that, like you can't just fucking say that shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, more, I think it was Morgan. I think it was Morgan Freeman. I hope I'm not wrong about this. But oh, about the racism was, thing? No, uh, Morgan Freeman was asked about, uh, he was, I think it was talking about uh, uh, February. Uh, Black History Month. Yeah, Black History Month. And like, he best was, way to he, end it. Was. You know, he was he he didn't like it, and he was like, uh, you don't hear like, like we do. I, there are a lot of white people who are like, where's where's White History Month? And he was like, that's that's the other eleven eleven months. months. Yeah, year. right, right, right. Like like we 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 single this out, and there's this idea, and like now I'm a I'm a firm believer. Like he, here's here's how it works. When people when so uh, there was this whole with the cops. What was it? Uh, Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm. With the cops, yeah. people said the phrase "Black Lives Matter," and there were a lot of people who fought against that because they tried to say "All Lives Matter." Now, the important thing to realize about "All Lives Matter," and I'm going to school you on this if you don't know it, now you Tyler, just people in general. But when people say "All Lives Matter," those people weren't there when things were happening to the black community. Those people right. weren't there when there were the marginalized people being hurt. They weren't there fighting for all lives matter. They only came up in response to the term black lives right. matter. Right. So if all lives matter, why weren't they there before? So this idea that all lives matter, here's the deal. The world is dark as fuck. If someone were to take their flashlight and shine it on a particular corner of this world, that is the fight they choose to take up. People like to take it as, well, if they're shining the light on that part of the world, I can't shine my light on this part of the world. Each of us has a fucking right. flashlight. We can choose to shine it wherever we want to Put shine it. Put our attention it. wherever we want. So when you say Black Lives Matter, it's only saying that this is the fight that I'm choosing to take up. We feel like we are people who have not been well represented. 
And so that's a fight that I'm going to take up. It does not mean that the rest of you don't matter. It does not mean that the rest of you don't get a say. It means that I'm taking my flashlight. And in this right. dark room, I'm going to flash it in this specific corner. Every one of us has a flashlight. Feel free to flash yours where you want. Well, the thing is that I have a problem with the All Lives Matter movement, and you're right, it, it did come up in response to the Black Lives Matter movement, Yeah, is that when something comes up where you would categorize that as All Lives Matter, be it uh, police brutality on a black person, white person, what have you, they're usually silent. It's the All Lives Matter movement who's always in response to whatever might be trending from Black Lives Matter or some other category of that. The, my Now, I have my issues with Black Lives Matter. Not so much anymore, but when they first banded together, there were a lot of people doing things that weren't in the in the BLM movement proclaiming that they were. Well, there weren't. So, so that's there's the, a lot. There's the a, there's there not, wasn't a lot of people. There were a small amount of people. That got a lot and of. every movement, there are. A ba- so right. even like look at police brutality. Oh, totally. The majority of police are great people. I've met a lot right. of policemen who were fantastic. White men who were fantastic. They were very, very, very kind to me. It is a small percentage of police who do some fucked up shit, and unfortunately, those get pushed to the forefront, and we get to know about them, and that's why we have police brutality. So when you have Black Lives Matter or any other movement, there is a small bunch of them who fuck it up for the rest. There are a small bunch of them who take that message and they ruin it. Yeah, they're usually not even involved in the movement. They're just... Painting yeah, they're just that people as who some, want, they want to do yeah. some crazy shit and they want so, they want a banner to put their their violence under. So my my issues that always come with BLM was just a, from a leadership mentality. Didn't feel like they had like a a hierarchy, and that's hard to organize when you're a fucking national whatever when you're moving that forms quickly. I don't feel like that's the case anymore after having had some 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 years to f- smooth it out. But it, I think that you talked about the flashlight thing and and spreading a light on thing in a, in a great way. It's kind of like as you were talking about that thought came to my mind. It's like, you know, we have breast cancer awareness like month. We have like drives and, and, and stickers and magnets for breast cancer awareness. That doesn't mean prostate cancer doesn't fucking matter. Exactly. That doesn't mean that like, exactly. because we're, we're going to focus on breast cancer that all the other cancers could just take a back seat. No, it's yeah. just, we're going to shine a light on and this. No one says shit about that. Yeah, no if I were to look shit. at you and like, 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 so, so Tyler is in a relationship with Katie. Okay, if I were to look at him and, and, and I were to say my girlfriend is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in the world, Tyler wouldn't get You'd offended. You'd be right. <laughs> Tyler, Tyler, <laughs> Tyler wouldn't get offended. He wouldn't get upset. He wouldn't take that as me saying that his girlfriend is the ugliest woman to ever exist. He would take it as me simply enjoying what you get. my love. Sure. And if he were to look at me and say Katie is the most beautiful woman I've ever seen, I would not be insulted by that. Yeah, you like, would. <laughs> and that would be the biggest fight we'd ever have. We, we'd argue so much. I'd, I'd punch you in the jugular. Like, but like, you know, like what I'm saying like, we're, like, you should not, you should not take someone's else. You not, you should not take someone's appreciation for something as yeah. some sort of so some sort of insult against whatever you have. Right. If I say this is the best thing I've ever had, you should not make that. And don't like be an a, asshole. This is attack against everything I have yeah. because if his has the best, then I must have not the best. It's fucking stupid. Yeah, don't be an asshole. If like, if you're enjoying a sunset, and then I'm like, yeah, but 
that fucking that water though right there that's way cool yeah, imagine like, that it's imagine like, if you and i were sitting your on fucking a sunset. sunset yeah <laughs> imagine if you and i were sitting on a fucking hilltop <laughs> enjoying this beautiful ass sunset and i'm like isn't this the most beautiful thing we've ever seen and you're like but look at that waterfall look, look, that's the most beautiful that, that, and then we sat there and argued about it. which item is the most beautiful we yeah, we're, we're literally sitting here enjoying <laughs> two beautiful things but we're sitting there fighting because well, we can't agree on which you, one's dude, the most beautiful it would be the stupidest <laughs> shit ever. Like, and if, if you were someone observing those two assholes, you'd be like, "Those motherfuckers are dumb." Exactly. So take a step back from society standpoint, look back and be like, "Maybe these motherfuckers who are fighting over that shit are dumb." Why like, can't you support your cause exactly. and I support whatever? It, Which race is better? Fuck that noise. Honestly, exceptional honestly. is exceptional, regardless of color, skin, like where you came from. Exceptional is exceptional. Everyone has something. Off. One of my favorite. I don't. I don't remember if we talked about it in one of the past podcasts, but I will repeat this shit because it's. It is one of my favorite things that I live by. Every. I think it was Bill Nye who said it. I hope so. Uh, but he said <laughs> every person that you meet knows something that you do not. Uh, so treat them as if they are someone who has something to teach you. Yeah, that's interesting. And regardless of what it is, that is so true. And I know that I myself am, am guilty of meeting people and dismissing them. I meet people and I go, oh, you're a fucking idiot. You have nothing to offer me. But every single person, no matter how small, be it the dumbest shit you, you will never use in life, be it the greatest thing you've ever learned, they have something that you don't know that they can teach you. And if you view every person as that, their value becomes like it's incontrovertible at that point. It it is a value that you cannot. Repl- it's priceless. Yeah, right. Every person it helps, has a it helps gym. you become a more rounded human being. It helps you become exactly. more, and that's again another reason why I love film, is because there's a lot of life lessons that you've learned. You get a lot of perspectives. It's the same thing. Every film, a good film at least, has something to teach you. And it's Absolutely. the same thing with with human beings. It's just now you don't have to. You can get that message without having to spend your days with those human beings. You can just get the message in your two-hour film. But but honestly, I think that that's, you know, everybody has a story. And if you're actually listening, you can tend to learn something about yourself or something about the world in those stories. Yeah, for sure. And, and But to go back to the community thing really quickly, one thing that gets really rough is the blind loyalty to that community. Oh, we were talking about, yeah, like, the black yeah, community. Yeah. Uh, for example, some people in that community bringing down other successful black people, right? Mm. But then it becomes to this, like, and I don't know if it's just in response to uh, the other communities bearing down, what have you, but, I, you know, there's a big thing nowadays where it's the same thing that we saw with OJ. People only wanted... So here's a little bit of background for you. Uh, the... Like all of OJ's lawyers, when they were picking the the jury and stuff, mm-hmm. picked as m- many black people as they could put on that jury for good reason. It helps obviously to have that community. OJ never considered himself as part of the black community. He would actually say, "Look at those n words over there," right? He'd say in like a thing, whatever, and like joke about these these group of black people. And then someone would say, "OJ, you're black. Like, why are you being derogatory?" He'd go, "I'm not black. I'm OJ." He was notorious for saying that. He never viewed himself as, like, a black person, right? And that's why he wanted to live in Brentwood and with all the white people and play golf with all these white people, what have you. And when somehow the judge allowed the jury to visit O.J.'s home for whatever fucking reason. So what did O.J.'s lawyers do? 
they took down all the photos because there was not a photo of him with a black person anywhere in that house. Anywhere. They took down all the photos of him with white people, put up pictures of him and his family, put up pictures of him with other black people, put up uh, African flags and African statues. That's a real thing? Yeah, it's a real fucking thing. You're not shitting me right now? I'm not shitting you. So when the jury came in and they saw this guy who was part of this black community who loved black people, who did all this stuff. Oh, man. And so all those black jurors, because again, the Rodney King situation that only happened four years ago where he was, where everyone was let free from that, they said, well, you know the system's fucked up. So a lot of things were influenced because of race. And there's a lot of black people who were on that jury who would say in the doc- ESPN has an amazing 30 for 30 documentaries, six part series. It's fucking brilliant. Uh, and they were like, do you think OJ did it? And they would just go, they would just shrug their shoulders. You know, they would not say, no, I truly believe that he didn't do it. Yeah. They would just go, just payback for Rodney King. So there was a lot of like race that played into that factor. And it's the same thing I've been seeing with Bill Cosby where a lot of, and I don't know. No, we turned on that motherfucker. No, really. I've seen a lot of people and I don't know many of them personally, but I have seen something shared where people believe now it's a conspiracy set up by people, by oh, white people. And that I'm like, dude raped, he I'm raped like, them. That dude raped a lot of people. He There's raped a, a lot, lot of people. Uh, and they're like, nope, it's some, like, because he's black. They're like, they took down, because they viewed him as, obviously, he was America's dad. Yeah. And, and that's not just a black thing. That's like, white people viewed him as that way. He had yeah. that effect. He was on, one of the first people who kind of do, who fucking push past that yeah exactly it's hard to believe and so he it was, raped him and so he it was it. really hard he to believe. It, oh. but there's so many people now because it's like they just wanted to tear down another successful black person that because these lines now are getting drawn that there are people out there who believe that bill cosby's innocent and i'm like guys you got to be able to call out bullshit when it's even if you're on your team or in your tribe or whatever you got to be able to call out bullshit where you see it so it makes your case when there's some injustices happening, make it seem stronger. Someone yeah, in your com- was, if someone in your community did something wrong, call them out and be like, you know what, fuck that, dude. I was walking. Um, I was walking uh, with a friend of mine, and there was this black guy. Am I right? And I didn't acknowledge him because I was in a fucking conversation. <laughs> okay, I was in my he own was, world. Yeah, he was on my right. I was in a conversation with someone on my left. And he interrupted very rudely and was like, "Brother, you know you're supposed to you're supposed to acknowledge another black man when you see a black man." No fuck. And I was like, "You disrespectful motherfucker! You just interrupted my conversation to say that I should acknowledge this is some dude you." Dude on the street. This was just some dude I've never seen before. And he was Jesus. you and what you interrupted my conversation because you think that I should acknowledge you when I don't know who the fuck you are. <laughs> Like you now, I get it. Now I get it. There is there is a certain level of of acknowledgement between black people. Sure. Okay. There's a certain level of like I've I've been in I've been in a situation where I've been in a room where it's all white people and there's one black person. We make eye like, contact and we're like, hey, shit breaks out. We're in this yeah, together. Right, right, right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like you and me, we go arm in arm break break out of this shit. So I get that. But this idea that I need to respect you right. above someone else because of the color of your skin is a bunch of bullshit. Nah, crazy bullshit. You got to judge every situation as it comes. You have to judge every person as they come. The person who I was talking to might have been one of the most important people to me. You don't know that. 
Yeah, that's complete bullshit. Yeah, and the color of your skin ain't about to do shit for me. <laughs> it's like a, it's okay, like, like in Get Out when you, you saw Get Out, right? Oh, if, oh, this shit scarred me. <laughs> I'm a fan you're of the white go, girl, and that scarred me. Like, Damn, that made me reevaluate. And he goes, he's, he's, he's like, it's good to see another brother here at the party. And the dude's, you know, whatever. Oh you yeah, know, under under the spell. It's like you just find them in the party. You're like, oh yeah. All right, what's, what's crazy is that I've I've had people like one of the lines in there I think was I voted for Obama. Oh yeah, and no. I have literally had heard someone that. say that heard to that, me. Yeah. I've literally had that, someone. That, say. That's the brilliance of the writing, though. There are oh, so yeah. many things where I go as a white person, I had to like reevaluate. And be like, did I say that to a black person? <laughs> I had to be like, it wait, did I did I say that ever? Did I come off as that much of a jackass? <laughs> it was great. Uh, I think Obama is the greatest president that we've ever had. I think that was like the line. It was something like along those lines. It's good. They talk about like, Tiger Woods. Oh it was good. Oh my god! And, uh, anyway, so I want I want to I want to change topics again. I want to get off this. There's there's one quick thing I did want to talk about though. Did you see uh, Tom Segura's stand up about about that? And I don't want to, you know, if Tom Segura's ever listening. I don't want to be like that motherfucker just gave away my bit. But he was talking about um, how there's no fucking loyalty amongst race in white people. And he's like, I wish I wish we had that because he was talking about how like if black people get into a fight. If there's like one black oh, person yeah, in a fight, yeah, yeah. I did, the I other did black person might be walking around, and be like, "Oh no, not today!" and like join in on the fight because that dude's black or whatever, and that's the community. And he's like, "Whenever I see a white person who's like racist and he gets into a fight, I'm like, get him!" <laughs> like, that, that just, uh, yeah, no, like, I saw. It's like I don't give a that's shit. Absolutely true. <laughs> <laughs> it's like for black people, there's no fucking loyalty amongst. Oh race. yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> so, what do you want to change topics to? Kevin Hart. Oh. Fuck and the 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 terrible tale of a uh, of of ghost of past. It's ghost like, it's, of like past. it's like a Christmas Carol, you know. It's like the ghost yeah. of a Christmas past. Kevin Hart, for anyone who doesn't know, was supposed to host the 2019 Oscars. Great choice, Academy by the way. Awards. I thought that would have brought a he would have been fantastic. Energy. Yeah, but they did some deep diving, and in 2010 slash 2011, he made some what would be considered nowadays homophobic tweets using the fag word. Uh, I meant to say F word, but I just said it. Um, <laughs> use it. Use it uh, I like how you use the whole word. That'd be like, yeah. me, I'd be like me being like using the N word, but say the whole word yeah. and still be like word. <laughs> um, but yeah, he used that word and people were not happy about it. And the Academy said, apologize for what you said. Or we must reconsider going to someone else. And Kevin Hart, which I honestly respect and admire, said, nah, homie. Well, what happened was, so, very quickly, a little bit more background. It wasn't even the Academy who brought this up. The people who did the deep diving were just random people who brought it to the public's attention. So what the Academy probably already knew about these tweets and said, that's fine. They don't care, right? It wasn't until some random person decided, like everyone does nowadays, to deep dive and then brought it up to the public's attention that became a trending to the point the Academy had to address it. Now, the biggest fucking thing is this. Those tweets came out in 2011, or around that time. Around 2014, Kevin Hart apologized for those tweets. In 2014, he had a very public apology saying, I've grown as a person, that those tweets weren't directed at the gay community. They were directed at my own insecurities about... Uh, gay people and it was a it was a direct shot at himself it wasn't a shot at the community but yeah. his own insecurities and so he said so he apologized he did a great apology he did all those things so when someone brought this up to him 
and the academy said, look, you need to apologize for this, his words were, I'm not going to apologize for something I've already apologized yeah, I saw the for. Video. And that makes fucking true. That makes fucking sense. Why the fuck would you have to apologize twice for something that you you've already admitted you've grown as a person that you've learned from those mistakes? Like that's all we can ask of people. Yeah, look at. I mean, I know that Louis C.K. is not in the public light right now because of you know his wank and bank and whatnot. Um, But Louis C.K. even before this had a whole bit about the word fag. He was like, when I was young, we didn't use the fag. We didn't use fag as in like we're talking about gay people. We used it as in like, like, like literally a quote from Louis C.K. in one of his funniest bits was, I love "Stop Louis. being a fag and suck that dick." <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, right. Like literally, like, so over the so, top type shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the truth is, what Kevin Hart even said in that standup, the one of the bits that we're talking about, he's talking about where he's afraid of his son being gay. I have to say that I have the same exact fear. Okay, I it has seen the nothing to so I don't, do. I'm not entirely so sure. So in the stand-up, he he flat out says, "I don't have anything against homosexuals. I don't have anything against being gay. But as a heterosexual man, if I can prevent my son from being gay, I will." Now, I'm not saying I would ever prevent or try to, because you can't. If they are, they are. Um, but what it was pretty much saying was, I don't know what it's like to be a gay male, and it's hard to, uh, sort of bond bond yeah, with no. that idea. You know, like, I don't give a shit if my son is gay, but the, I'll be honest with you, the idea of my son getting with, right, with sure, a, sure. the man, it's, it's going to be, it's getting like, it's, it's not, it's not, yeah, it's going to be confusing for me in yeah, the same yeah. way that I don't want a little fucking bratty ass dude coming over dating my daughter. Cause I don't want to picture none of that shit. Right. You know? Um, and so like, it, it was, it was not a, it was, like, it was not a, a I think, statement against the gay community. It was just a statement of, he was a heterosexual male who didn't understand homosexuality fully. And I think, and, I think if we, you know, were able to have a conversation with that, it, it would go along the lines of, you know, obviously that's a little bit more of an ignorant way of thinking Kevin Hart's part, because it is the same lines of, of sure. being able to grow and what oh, the fuck? Siri. Uh, being able to, you know, every individual that comes in your life can turn. So he could learn from his son. He could learn from those things. But it doesn't really, to me, what the content was doesn't matter too much to me as long as the man apologized and has grown from it. And I truly believe that Kevin Hart, in his in his heart, doesn't hate the gay community, doesn't have these negative ideals. Not at all. And so the fact that, that, that this is a new trend, that we have to now go back... Whenever someone finds a position of of decent success, and now we have to go back and, and evaluate his tweets from ten years ago, eight years ago, when they could be an entirely different person. Well, yeah, I look back. Well, I look back at my Facebook memories on on Facebook, right? And I cringe at some of the fucking things that I've said because I was in whatever high school or whatever when I put them. And I was like, oh fuck! Like, and if someone like brought that up, I'd be like. Please don't bring up that. That's like I was like an entirely different person at this point. Well, I think in an important part of it is that like, so I'm not a comedian. I'm a funny guy, but I'm not a comedian. Right. You don't do it for a living yet. But I say a lot of horrible shit. Yeah. Right. And Same it makes Joe Rogan a lot of people stuff. laugh. Right. Like it's I say a lot of really really bad shit, and people laugh because they know that it's not serious. They know that it's not something I actually mean. So I will make a joke about whatever you are. I, I literally, my, my friend Nashawn, who was another black man, he is damn near purple. I call, if I'm 10 o'clock, he's midnight. 
Okay, and I'll make a lot of jokes about that shit. Right, right. Okay, that doesn't mean I'm suddenly racist against my own kind. If someone's gay, I'm gonna make jokes about it. If someone's fat, I'm gonna make jokes about it. If someone's short, I'm gonna make jokes about it. If they're tall, I'm gonna make jokes about well, it. I think I think that's the thing. that's the point of comedy. Comedy should be able to nothing should be off limits. And it's like exactly. what, it's like what Joe Rogan said or whatever he said. He was like, you know, someone said that this this shouldn't be joked about like in the audience or whatever is like then you know that's not funny and joe rogan's like no if the joke about that is funny then it's funny you know at the end of the day however you phrase it however you do it there should be nothing that's off limits the the south park creators and let's be honest they've had their fair share of controversy of what you can say and what you can't say said it really good and it's super simple and it's super clean they said we can either joke about everything or we can joke about nothing well i had so i was i was uh working at the same restaurant and there was this guy there uh named christian and christian was a good looking man and uh i made a joke to him Mm. i made a joke to christian and i was like he was like yeah a lot of men like hit on me and i was like well christian you don't look like you don't look like you're gay but you look like the kind of guy that a lot of gay guys would like (laughs) And so I said, you know what? I'm going to coin the term. We're going to call you. You're not gay, but you're gayable. You're gayable. You're, you're, you're gayable. <laughs> and that was my that was my term for a man who other gay men would really, really, really like. Attractive. Sure. And that's just a little joke I made. And then there was this, uh, another uh, friend of mine at work who was an actual gay man, got really af- offended by that. When Christian told him the same thing, thinking that he would laugh, he was like, you should be offended by it. The fact that Freddie said that. So uh, a few weeks later, Christian tells me finally that this this friend of mine was offended by the things that I said. And I went up to him and I said, look, I hear that you were offended by what I said. And he was like, yeah, that's something that you shouldn't say. And I said, look, I have an offensive repertoire of comedy. I know that about myself. Nine out of ten times I will make someone laugh. But that one out of ten times I will offend someone. And 100 percent of the time. I will never intend to offend someone. And in the situations that I do offend someone, I do sincerely apologize because I've never said anything in my life with the intent to hurt someone. I've only said things that I thought would be funny and occasionally they cross the line for someone in specific. But you can't really draw a line of saying what is too far because everyone has their own definition of what is too far. Which means that in the situations that you do go too far, you can apologize to those people in specific, but it does not mean you need to change your whole code of conduct. And I'm a firm believer of that. Yeah. And that, and that's the thing is like so how I grew up was my stepdad grew up in the in the garages of of he's a third generation mechanic race car driver dirt bike dri- dirt bike rider uh, racer in all forms and is a dude who is downright fucking filthy and from a young age I learned me and him would just have a competition of trying to one up each other and so I swear to God if if people were able to record the conversations that me and him have had, I could be painted. I should probably be put in jail for half of the shit that I've, I've joked about with him. Oh yeah. Um, that doesn't mean that I don't have, uh, awareness about, about uh, cultures and people and all these things. I'm just willing to be, because notoriously, especially out here in Los Angeles, yeah. half of the time, my humor, like I haven't been able to unleash it. Like I do when I'm with him. Half the time, people are always like, "Dude, like you're fucked." Like they're like, "You're fucked in the head," and I'm like, "Dude, like this is just how I roll." Like you say one thing, I'm going to take it to the extreme. Yeah, it doesn't mean that I hate a certain group of people. It doesn't mean that I don't. I'm not aware of the struggles that that particular group might have. 
Um, it doesn't say much about my character other than I like real fucked up humor. Because I just find, I think that's the point of comedy, is to constantly find that line. Is to constantly say, to, to be able to comment on the fucked up injustices, the fucked up stories, and be able to have us cope with it in a whole different way. Yeah. Can I tell you, there was a big moment that happened. Uh, I was at uh, karaoke um, last night. And when I go to karaoke and someone sings a slow song, I love to dance with people. I went to swing dancing classes for about two years. And so I'm a pretty, a pretty decent swing dancer. And last night at karaoke, there were a bunch of songs that made me wanted to dance with people. And so I, I, w- I would. And for the first time, I got to say, so when I, a little backstory on this. Uh, my first introduction to true Christianity was probably around the age of whatever age I was in about eighth grade, eighth, seventh grade. Now I had grown up, I'd grown up Christian, quote unquote Christian, but it was more like on Easter you went to Chris or you went to, 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 uh, church. to church and maybe on Christmas Eve you went to church, but it wasn't really like to devout or anything. I wasn't actually a practice believer. And so I was first introduced, um, into Christianity in this way and a lot of loving people a lot of good people but they taught me about homosexuality and they taught me that it was wrong they taught me that you had to kind of the whole love the uh hate the sin love the sinner kind of thing and so I went a long while thinking like oh this is wrong and I had to fix it so if someone was gay I, I viewed it as okay well they are wrong for being gay but they don't know that yet, so I've got to work on that. I got to change that about them, but I got to love the person. Wow. And I spent a lot of time having that mindset, and so I was really, by definition, a homophobe. I was like, if if you do any, like, if a man leaned on my shoulder for too long, stop it. I ain't gay. You better stop that shit. I don't like dick. I'll keep like, that in mind. <laughs> like that that was that was really what it was about, and it was a very dangerous spot. And I I went through a lot of evolution and fast forward. Last night at karaoke, I did something that was kind of big for me because, and this is probably, I don't know, this might come off as really fucking ignorant and insensitive, but I danced with uh, a a woman who was clearly not biologically a woman. You're gay. <laughs> you're fucking queer. You're you doing gay the shit. Fuck off my podcast. <laughs> God damn you. <laughs> Just, you're next, you're going to be sucking dick on the goddamn like, corner. Not my dick. Queer. Not my fucking dick. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. But, you're lucky this table's between us. <laughs> but uh, but I, I danced with, with, uh, with a woman who was not biologically a woman, and it was very clear. But this person was beautiful on the inside and beautiful on the outside. And it was the first time that I, I I danced with her and I had a great time. And I was like, at one point, I had this thought of like, holy shit. Freddie five years ago would have been freaking out about how, like how gay this is. <laughs> like <laughs> Freddie five years ago would have been like, this is, you're super gay. You like gay. dick now. <laughs> like, Jesus doesn't love you. Yeah, turn back on like, everything yeah, you Like thought. I would have freaked out. <laughs> And it was so, it was like uplifting to be like in this moment to be in like, no, it ain't fucking gay. I'm here with a, I'm here with a person. I'm fucking swing dancing. I'm having a great goddamn time. Ain't nothing wrong with this. How were they as a swing dancer? She was, she was decent. She was not learned. That's the the real criticism right there. That's the real criticism. How were they as a swing dancer? I think ultimately what we're trying to say is that people who 
Our queer can't fucking dance. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> those gay the, people. <laughs> I, no, not no. The gay people can dance. It's the people who transition. Oh, those fuckers. God I don't know damn. if they lose their coordination in the surgery. If but you, it just, if you put trans in front of whatever identity you are, you're not gonna you can't be able to dance. dance for you shit. can't dance. It's a true fact. Get off the it's fucking stage. It's a true fact. But if you're just gay, uh, no, you'll be famous. No, those fucking. They come dance on. like the best no, of they, them. They have all. They have all the Absolutely. great traits. Absolutely. They have the nimbleness. They have the expressionism. Something about their, the rainbow the, gives them rhythm. <laughs> just it just arches <laughs> it's with rhythm, the rhythm rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the reading rainbow, but yeah, the gay version. Reading rainbow. It's rhythm rainbow. <laughs> <laughs> Instead of you know oh, the host of reading rainbow, it's just a really eccentric gay man yeah, saying there that. You go. It all works. Way. It all works. <laughs> But yeah, man, that was a good time for me. That was a. It, no, it's that's, good that's to that's know moment. it, like, moments where you look back and you go, "Oh shit, I have evolved." Yeah, you go. I have become a, good, a better person. But that's the thing. That, that's the, you know, and that's kind of what we're talking about with the Kevin Hart thing. You know, what was that? Five years ago, you said the Freddie wouldn't have the Freddie five years ago wouldn't have done those steps that you had done, right? Yeah, I Kevin Hart's about tweets were seven years ago. Yeah, seven years ago. Yeah. And, and they weren't even like hateful. They were yeah. jokes that were his that job had some, is, They were jokes that were yeah. controversial. Exactly. And so you're looking like, how much did Kevin change as a person? You know, how much? Because you also got to look at, at Kevin's upbringing, and, and I'm not entirely sure of like all of the details of his thing, but I can guarantee you that he was not an easier upbringing. So a lot of his friends had that. I, you find that in a lot of the harder upbringings, your humor becomes more dark because that's how you cope with things oh, yeah. that are around well, you. Well, you, your experience was yeah was darker was was darker, and so you completely like probably all the people around him at that time. You know, those jokes were just things that they've been talking about for the past ten years before that, just jokes, right? And so it wasn't until because he didn't really blow up until about like five, six years ago. He didn't really oh, yeah. just start becoming Kevin Hart selling out stadiums and stuff. And so I think, you know, there's a huge learning curve that you have when you go, oh, wait, the world is bigger than just my community. It's bigger than just the people I surround myself with. So I think anybody who experiences what Kevin experienced grows. Well, and you got to what, what you got to be aware of is that when you reach the public there's a lot of shit that you suddenly can't do because i'm <clears throat> the truth is let's say this podcast hits off and then we start actually getting people listening to us and that people actually care about what we have to say let's they say do. we get to even a following of ten thousand people which is small considering successful podcasts if we reach that point i know that even myself will probably have to apologize about a bunch of shit <laughs> because i don't concern myself with how things come off i concern myself only with people knowing exactly who i am yeah. in actuality so the people in my life know that i am loving i am caring i am accepting uh i don't care what you do i don't care what you are and no matter who you are i'm gonna tease the fuck out of you yeah right right. And in any way that i can do that if you're big get ready for big jokes if you're gay get ready for gay jokes if you're black get ready for purple jokes if purple. you're white get ready for vroom vroom jokes like, vroom, it, vroom. It, like it, there's no amount like nothing's <laughs> off limits whatever sure. you are i will come for you in a teasing way and i'll give you Just a hug afterwards because that's how i treat my family you ne never hugged me you know because well, you're part of the room rooms i don't hug well, rooms. Fuck you. um, <laughs> you're a different um, chapter <laughs> <laughs> but uh but yeah you're like it that that's how i work and i yeah. know that as soon as it becomes public as soon as thousands and thousands or millions of people are listening suddenly you have to change how you do because as soon as things are multiplied they get exaggerated well, and suddenly the one thing that was okay before becomes this insulting and incriminating thing 
I think, uh, you know, I think we have found a pretty decent balance of being able to, similar to Joe Rogan or anyone, just acknowledge, like, I understand that this is this and this, and then be able to go on what's going on. I acknowledge, like, look, I'm not ignorant. I understand the, the, the connotations of everything that we're about to say or that we're talking about or we know what we're talking about here on this level. Um, but I don't feel like you ever really are going to have to apologize because you'll always just have been yourself. And one thing that I've noticed from studying people who have podcasts or people who have followings or get to have to, for whatever reason, voice their opinion for a lot, is there's no way you can please uh, everyone, not even by a little bit. That's why presidents are fucked from the get-go. Honestly, it's a job where you're just going to set up to fail anyway. But it's what you're looking at is uh, there was recently, and I've noticed this with uh, Tom Brady recently, so a bunch of the – Tom Brady's from the San Francisco Bay Area, right? So he's from California. And the fires that had savage, like torn up all that shit, right? Just recently. Yeah. Uh, someone's house burned down. He said that the one possession he was able to grab was his Tom Brady jersey. So Tom Brady sent a signed football to him. Found him on Instagram. Had everyone locate who this guy was, and he sent a signed football to this person, right? And then everyone else was like, "Tom, why didn't you send money? Why didn't you do this? Why didn't you do that?" And the thing that Tom has notoriously always done is anytime he gives money, anytime he does stuff, he never publicizes it, right? It's always because that's just not what he believes in. The football was a different scenario because he wanted to locate who this person was and all the shit like that, right? And I noticed it with John Campia, who is a, a great film uh, pundit and everything like that, talks a lot. He was talking about how... Uh, you're kind of set up to fail because it's a similar thing for him with a charity thing. He's like, either you publicize the work that you do and you say, hey, look, this is what I'm giving to this cause or I'm doing this because you maybe want by you saying to give to this cause and saying I'm giving this, other people will be inspired to do so. Yeah. And so you say, I'm giving to this cause. And there's always going to be people who are going to say, you know, maybe you should just, you know, a good person would have uh, just given without announcing it. And then if you just mention a cause or you barely mention a cause or what have you, right, then they'll say, why don't you actually use your platform to talk about the things that matter? So you can never win with the audiences. There's always going to be people who find fucking something wrong in what you say, what you do, what happens, even if you are a good person at heart. So you can't please everyone. So never One of my favorite, uh, there's two two quotes that I like. One is going to be from uh, my uh, old theater teacher, Barb Dignan. She was like, if you're if you're not pissing someone off, you're not doing your job right. Yeah. If someone doesn't like what you're doing, you're not doing your job right, which was just always kind of great. Yeah, there was something. I think um, there was something about this, something along those lines of like a man who has no enemies has like no character or something along those yeah. lines, right? Um, and then the other thing is that Bruce Lee had a quote that I really loved. He was like, if I tell you, um, he was like, if I tell you that I'm the best, you'll say that I'm cocky. But if I tell you that I'm not, you know I'm lying. And that quote really hit me hard because it was like people have this idea that like yeah. as soon as as soon as I actually had this I had this come up when I was I was defending Dan Bilzerian, um as a person because a lot of people like shit on who he is. And I was like, look, he's a wealthy man who is an attractive man and he has a lot of fun. And he has a bunch of consenting, beautiful women who want to be around him for whatever reason, the reason being their own. And I was like, that's, we can't really pass much judgment on that. I think a lot of people are just upset at what he does because they're people who have to work, 
you know, nine to fives and barely scrape by. And I think a lot of it's just envy. Like this dude's living yeah. a, a crazy as soon life. As, as soon as someone what, what says is, they're what like. Does, what does his existence have, to, existence have to do with yours? Unless he's fucking yeah. your girlfriend or he's like, you know him personally. Like what does his existence and his, however he chooses to spend his money affect yours? Yeah. But as soon as someone's like, if someone's good at something, as, as long as they don't say they're good at it, you're like, okay, well they're humble. But as soon as they say that I am good about it, or good at it, suddenly they're cocky. Yeah. And they're like, there's this, and I know there there are some people who are genuinely cocky. There are some people who are genuinely humble. But the idea that like the difference has to be whether they they say it or not is stupid. If you're good at something, be good at something and be aware of how good you are at it. You know, and then that and that's okay to do. Yeah. So when it's a person like like uh like Dan Bilzerian or Well when you look at it like to me what because this has always been a topic of that and people tend to bring them to contemporary icons when they start talking about, oh, this person's cocky or this person's that. People tend to talk about LeBron James and say he's arrogant, he's egotistical, what have you. I hate LeBron James. And then praise Michael Jordan. But Michael Jordan would shoot free throws with his eyes closed. He would punch teammates when they would have fights in the face. Michael Jordan was the most cockiest motherfucker alive, but people don't remember him in that way. And so it really started to hit me. There's going to be a lot of chatter in the present. But what people end up remembering throughout history are the accolades or what you end up doing or the mark that you make. It's the same thing with Muhammad Ali. When Muhammad Ali was, was in his he was so early arrogant. prime, he was very arrogant, one of the most well-spoken people. And at the time, being a well-spoken black person in the public light was not acceptable. And so he used that platform to be even louder just to raise up other black people. Oh, yeah. And then he dodged the draft for good reasons. Reasons that nowadays with history make a lot of sense where he'd say, why would I go sacrifice my life to fight some person in a paddy field who has never affected my life personally for a country that still calls me the N word and doesn't allow me to have rights. Why would I go die for a country that still doesn't treat me as a citizen? But great points that in history make him an icon, right? But in the moment, he was one of the most hated people in the United States. He was one of the most despised people. No one respected him because he was a draft dodger. He was loud. He was arrogant. But no yeah. one no one cares about that once history happens because it's like you were able to, one, one, he was able to back up the talk. And two, he stuck to his beliefs. And I think it's For the sure. same thing. LeBron James, people are going to call him arrogant. People are going to do this. People are going to do that. In the future... No one's going to talk about that. They're only going to talk about his greatness. And I, as an actor, this is something that I think we have to deal with a lot because I've noticed that there's this huge, uh, it's almost like you have to be self-depreciating to be a, an actor around other actors to the point that if, uh, if I'm like at set, right, and I tell someone, I'm going to be famous one day, they almost treat you as if you're an asshole, as if you have to say, as if every actor has to say, oh, I just I just love doing the craft and I don't really care where it goes. I don't really care where it takes me. I just want to be able to act. That's cool if that's truly what you believe. But I highly doubt that people move. Like I moved three fucking thousand miles away to get to Los Angeles. If I just wanted to act, I'd be acting in Maine. If I just wanted to act, I'd move to Boston or New York where it's a lot closer to my family. No, I moved fucking 3,000 miles away to Los Angeles because it's the mecca for film acting, and I'm going to be fucking famous. 
But anyone brings that attitude on set, anyone brings that attitude to all their actor friends, they're like, whoa, dude, you're like an asshole. It's ridiculous to me. I Yeah, I think it's unfair. Um, I also need to pee. Well, so, it's about 1 o'clock anyway. Should we just end it? I think we should end it right there. Everybody, live your dreams. Be loud. Be proud. Be who you are and do not apologize for who you are unless you're O.J. Simpson. You got a lot of fun. You should apologize. apologize. You got a, a lot bit. of fun. Maybe Bill Cosby, yeah. too. Or 2014 Kevin Hart. Yeah. After that, he doesn't need to apologize. <laughs> 2011. But in 2014, he should definitely apologize. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate um, you. Love you. I know this is a little bit more serious of one, but we, you know how this podcast goes. We take the topics as they come. Yes, we do. Have a good night. Love you all. Bye.